Welcome to season three of the You Belong podcast by Faith Young Adults, where no matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've done, you belong. I'm your host, Braden Benvenuti. Let's get real. Welcome back to the You Belong podcast. My name is Brayden, your host. Super excited for this episode, and we're starting a new season. Um, whatever that means, it's just new. And we got an awesome guest on with us. Those of you watching this episode, you can see him. Those of you listening, though, it's still a surprise. We got Pastor Austin, the next gen director at Faith Church. How do you feel? being on the podcast. I'm pretty excited. I'm glad that I got to be on the first episode of this new season. Mm. I'm excited that I get to be in the video one. I feel like it's a it's a great honor. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. The video one is a great honor. Yeah. It's very special. I know. It feels uh, special. The people that yeah. don't get on the video one, uh, I don't know how they feel, but they probably feel not yeah, great about a it. A little bit. So I can I can do audio ones after this and I'll be fine <laughs> since I've started off video. Exactly. Um, so Pastor Austin, you... Not a lot of people might not know who you are. Yeah. Um, that just sounded like a whole jumble of words mm-hmm. that didn't make sense. But take a few minutes. Tell us what you do, who you are, a little bit of background maybe, family. Yeah. So I am, as you said, the next-gen director at Faith Church. So what that means is I oversee everything from newborn babies all the way through young adults, which is Faith Young Adults Ministry. So I'm kind of overseeing all the people that actually do those ministries, making sure they have everything they need, all of that. Um, moved here to Alabama in 2020 um, mm. is when I got hired on here at Faith Church. Um, my wife, Sarah, and I have two daughters, um, Kerrigan and Emery. Nice. So we all moved down here in 2020. Before that, um, I lived in Detroit, Michigan for 10 years, almost 11, Go something blue. like that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm I always, from I always forget yeah. that you're from Michigan, too. Yeah. So I was born in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Indiana. And then I moved back to Michigan and lived in Detroit for mm-hmm. 10 years and was a part of uh, a church plant there, a small little inner city church. So lived in the inner city of Detroit for 10 years and then moved to Florence, Alabama. Big change. Yeah, very different. So, um, yeah, we like it, though. It's nice. It's, uh, it's very different. It's fun, though. It's mm-hmm. fun to get used to it. We love the church. We love everybody that's here and all the friends we've made. So it's been good. Nice. What do you like to do in your free time? Uh I like to watch TV shows and mm. movies. I re- I'm a rewatcher of shows, so gotcha. like I've seen I've seen The Office all the way through like ten to twelve times. I've seen Parks and Rec all the oh, way yeah. through five six times. I've seen Seinfeld all the way through eight or nine times. So I'm oh. like I'm a I'm a serial rewatcher. So yeah. if I like something, I just like to always turn it on and just rewatch it. So That's when I impressive. finish a series, I just restart it and just mm-hmm. keep watching it for comedies. Yeah. Because I like to just have, I like to know and it's comforting and mm-hmm. it's fun. I love comedy and I love stand up comedy. So I, okay. that's probably the biggest thing that I do, especially now that we live closer to Nashville and Huntsville, there's really good comedy shows that come. So mm-hmm. I see a lot of uh, stand up comedy shows. Nice. Well, so. Cool. And you still laugh just as hard at the office. Oh yeah, as the first time. Yeah, I because still it's love hilarious. It. Yeah, even though I know what's happening, that's why I love it because <laughs> I can see all of the stuff leading up to mm-hmm. it, and it's no longer a surprise. And you notice like little details yeah. that change, and you notice little things. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like it makes me appreciate the humor more. So sweet. Yeah. I guess I like to laugh. Yeah, it's all about comedy for me. There it is. I mean, that's good. I like laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Pastor Austin. Uh, he was the kids director when he first got hired yeah. on, and then transitioned into this next gen uh, director role. Yeah. It's been awesome um, working with you. You've been doing great at keeping us all in line and getting yeah. us uh, making ship. us better, really, yeah. and just making the ministries better. Um, so super excited to have you on and. Yeah. Um, talk about what we're going to talk about it's going to mm-hmm. still a surprise um yeah. they don't know but yeah that's true um i feel like you have a lot to say 
and a lot of wisdom. Even I have though a lot you to may say about like a lot that. of things. <laughs> so I can always talk for a long time. That's part of being a pastor. Perfect. It's like as soon yes. as you get that title, you can just talk about anything stuff for forever. Be like mm-hmm. orange. Like, Give me a, a, a biblical message about an orange. Yeah, they're <laughs> delicious. No, actually, I don't like oranges. I don't like orange juice either. Orange I, juice isn't my favorite. Mm. I like oranges, though. But that's Pastor Austin. Um, before we get into it, I got a little icebreaker question to okay. kind of get us thinking, uh, okay. get the listeners, you know, engaged and thinking, too. Um, so if you're at home and you're in the car or whatever, wherever you're watching or listening, answer this question, too. Okay. But, Pastor Austin. I'm ready. Would you rather have telekinesis, mm-hmm. which is the power to move things with your mind. Oh, I'm familiar. Or telepathy, which is the power to read minds. A telekinesis. Mm, telekinesis. I don't, move like things no, I don't want to know what people think. Don't want to know what people nope. think. If people don't tell me what they think, I don't want to know it. Mm. It's like... That's pretty, like... That's yeah. very respectful of, yeah. like, them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so funny because Sarah and I, she, whenever I talk to, like, a friend, like, just this week... A friend from Michigan who I haven't seen in a couple of years texts me about something dumb, like a new Coca-Cola flavor or something. <laughs> she's like, ah, he's, she's like, hey, ask him and his wife, what are they doing? What are they up to? I was like, mm-hmm. I, he didn't tell me. I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's his business to yeah. tell me. It's not my, it's not my business. So, and she's always like, why didn't you ask him this or ask him that? And I was like, I don't know. He didn't tell me. It's not my business. <laughs> that's so that's kind of how I feel. That's not like the norm. Lots no. of people I feel like want to know. Oh yeah. And I'm like, People are like, does that mean you don't care about him? I was like, I do care. But yeah. I was like, if he doesn't want to share it with me, I'm not going to like pry for yeah. information. And I'm super lazy. So the thought mm. of being able to move stuff with my mind that sounds amazing. That fixes so all being able work. To just, yeah. Physical work. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can just do it all. You can help people a lot easier. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, can you go grab me that? And you're like, sure. But it doesn't inconvenience yeah. you nearly enough because you're just like. I wonder if you have yeah. to like. Yeah, do you do have anything, to touch you your head like, or can you just be like, just <laughs> like, could I do it while I'm still watching Seinfeld in the office? That's, but if mm. I can just like not break eye contact with the TV and like pour my daughter a cup of water, that sounds, that'd probably be perfect. like years into it. It's probably yeah. pra- practice. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, if that was real, mm-hmm. what would be the one thing that you probably use the telekinesis the most for you think? Um, hmm. Probably stuff like that. Like just. When you're sitting and you Manual need like tasks. a refill of mm-hmm. a beverage or like a snack or someone like you're sitting at the dinner table and then my daughter's like, I need a napkin. I want some milk. And it's like mm-hmm. you already got up four times. Like yeah. it'd be so nice to just be able to keep sitting there at mm-hmm. the dinner table and then just like pour a glass of milk in the kitchen for sure. without getting up. I think, yeah, I, I would use it for getting snacks and mm-hmm. I'd be able to stay in my bed watching TV and exactly. then just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I, for me, I think, both would be great. Yeah. Um, but I think I might have to go telekinesis too. Not because I don't want to read people's mind, but because I think it would be too overwhelming and too scary yeah. to know everybody's thoughts. Yeah. I would want to know some thoughts, but overall, I think it'd be too much yeah. to handle. And telekinesis would just be, I think, a lot more impressive yeah. and cooler. But I wonder with telepathy, is it you're always reading people's minds like I look at you and I just start hearing your thoughts or do mm. I have to actively be like, okay, I want to hear your thoughts yeah. now. I don't because know. if you could just shut it off, that you would wouldn't have nice. to hear anyone's thoughts unless you wanted to. Mm-hmm. That actually wouldn't be that bad. Yeah, but it'd be a curse if you couldn't shut it off. Oh, and it's just like sure. you hear everyone's thoughts, you see. That'd be terrible. That'd be terrible. So Pastor Austin wants to be a telekinesis mind mover of mm-hmm. things. And I do as well because I think that'd be, that'd be pretty great. Um, so, boom. What would you want to be, telekinesis or telepathy? I like how they both start with tele, because mm-hmm. they're very similar things. Yeah. I don't I know guess what that part means. I, I, don't I don't know if, yeah, maybe it's the mind. I'm not a scientist. Not sure. But enough of that. Let's get into it on this episode. We are talking about deconstruction. Yes. More specifically, the church's response to deconstruction. Yeah. Uh, deconstruction is something... I think the last probably like decade maybe, but mm-hmm. really the last like five years yeah. has been getting a lot more prevalent of people um, deconstructing their faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot that goes into the definition of deconstruction yeah. and everything, but this is a very hot topic. I'm sure everybody has heard this. If you mm-hmm. haven't, you've heard somebody, you know, you've heard the word. Yeah. Um, 
And if not, we're about to tell you what it is. Uh, but I think it's something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people, you know, going through it, I feel like are kind of navigating it blindly without any help or without yeah. anything and just kind of doing it on their own. And it ends up not great for them. Yeah. So deconstruction, you want to take a stab at what it means or anything? I got some. Yeah, um, you probably have like real definitions because yeah. you have the internet at it's your disposal. True. I just have my mind. So mm-hmm. I would say when I think of deconstruction, it is basically um, taking everything that you've been taught or learned or been told as it, re- as it regards to your faith growing up in church. So like I grew up in church and in a Christian school my whole mm-hmm. life. So I have a lot of stuff that's been downloaded. And so deconstruction is kind of taking all of those things that you've learned and been taught and been told about God, about the Bible, about Christianity, about church, about all of those things and questioning it mm-hmm. and going, is this really what I believe? Is this really what I think? Is this really who I think God is? Is this really what I think the Bible says about God? Is this really what I think the church is doing what I think God wants the church to do? Like, Mm -hmm. what is the role of the Bible in my life? What is the role of prayer? What is the role of God? What does that mean? Who is Jesus? Like, kind of all the things that you, like, grow up and you learn the songs and you learn the phrases Mm -hmm. and you know the answers, and then you kind of get to a point where you just start to go, is that really what I believe? Is that really true? What does that belief make me make choices in my life so Mm -hmm. like if i believe this about god what kind of choice does that cause me to make in this situation so Mm -hmm. you're really just kind of analyzing everything you've been taught and everything that you've learned and deconstructing it in the way that you're kind of taking apart what you've learned and kind of what you've built and what's been built in your life and kind of taking it apart and analyzing all the different pieces and parts and then I'm sure we'll get into this, but kind of then I think the thing that is trickier is rebuilding with new parts or with mm-hmm. different parts. Like, you know, like taking, if you take this thing that you learned as a kid and you take it and you analyze it, you go, this doesn't really actually line up. This isn't what I really think the Bible's saying. This isn't really what I think God wants. And you have to put a new piece in there. Or you have to restructure what your life looks like. I think mm-hmm. that's when it can get really difficult. I think questioning things and, and, um, analyzing things can be easier, but then I think once you do that, are you left with a pile of rubble? Mm-hmm. So then what do you do with it to kind of rebuild it into a new life? Because really, I think in the deconstruction movement, a lot of the trouble that people have is it's really a part of their identity mm-hmm. because it's from a young age, most most people grew up in church. And so it's like stuff you learned in Sunday school and all yeah. of that. And so for me, the reason I care about this topic so much is that's what I you know, that's what you said I got hired here to do was kids ministry. And now Mm -hmm. I'm over youth ministry and young adult ministry. So it's all those developmental years of your life. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of my job and my calling in ministry is to oversee what those children and those toddlers and those teenagers and those kids and those young adults are being taught about God and how Mm -hmm. that's going to shape their lives and how it's going to shape their decisions. So I think for me, that's why this topic matters to me because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of like people taking what they learned in those formative years of being a kid a teenager young adult and trying to navigate all of that so I'm going then it's up to me I have a responsibility as a pastor of those age groups to help them process those things or help make sure I'm teaching things that aren't going to be burdens and aren't going to be things that actually lead them away from Jesus or or hurt their relationship with God because that's really what people are kind of deconstructing is the things mm-hmm. that they learn during those times. Yeah, for sure. So what's the real answer, though? No, that was great. That was a great um, explanation, especially the, the front half of that of talking about everything that goes into what we're questioning mm-hmm. and everything, what we learn. Um, but deconstruction first came about kind of a different meaning we've kind Mm -hmm. of adopted that term into you know the christian faith but originally in the 1960s it was a french philosopher um, that came up with this term and it's a whole long thing with many parts and was reading up on it and like a dude summarized it but that was still long then he tried Mm -hmm. to summarize it even more Uh, and they were talking about how it's basically impossible to summarize this term that Mm -hmm. he came up with like very accurately but i'm gonna do my best but it's basically about it's a literary analysis kind of Mm -hmm. the thing of where when you're reading 
you can you can try and analyze you know what the author is saying but we can't ever truly like construct what he is meaning because he like we weren't there in his mind reading it so it's yeah. a the, it's kind of a philosophy but also then a critical analysis there's like two parts to it mm-hmm. um just of like of literature and basically kind of it's like deconstructing like oh what did this author mean and we try and do our best to figure out what he meant yeah because we weren't the one writing it and we're never going to accurately be able to portray what he was talking about because we're not him um and so we've kind of adopted that term christians have Mm -hmm. um to me it's like whenever i think deconstruction i think it's kind of clear what it means like just like if you would just think about it's like oh construction is building things deconstruction would be unbuilding things and so that's kind of the way i think of it um but this guy that was talking about where it came from his definition in a faith like atmosphere environment is deconstruction is a critical dismantling of a person's understanding of what it means to be an evangelical Christian. So I think that's exactly what yeah, you that's like the described. smart way of saying what yeah. I said. Um, big words mm-hmm. with it's what like, you were saying. It's like someone that ha- went to college <laughs> said what I said. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so dismantling is obviously just taking apart. Mm-hmm. I, I imagine dismantling is very like rough and it's like mm-hmm. it's like a knocking down of things kind of. And so sometimes deconstruction is like that it's not Mm -hmm. a very um thought about or like thought out thing organized like sometimes people are just like knocking it down and it's very rushed and very like um there's lots of emotions in it yeah um i think that's how it usually is and so but this definition is kind of like critical dismantling so i think a lot of people deconstruct in the wrong way Mm -hmm. you know because they're they're not critically thinking about it sometimes it's just like a quick like turning away from it almost um but a critical dismantling of a person's understanding of what it means to be an evangelical christian yeah and so there's a whole lot we could talk about with this topic obviously we don't have time to talk about everything about it um so we're going to talk about like i said earlier the church's response Mm -hmm. to deconstruction because there's lots of people that are deconstructing as with social media it's a lot easier to see this so i think it may have always been a thing but we're just getting a front row seat to it because people put it out there on the internet um and so there's lots of people especially in the young adult ages Mm -hmm. um and even older people that are finally maybe like coming to a point of where they're realizing something but it's mainly people in their you know late teens early 20s mid 20s kind of age that are they're falling away from church they're leaving the church they're leaving the faith um and it's all this deconstruction of stuff happened or they're just going a new way they're realizing something they don't believe um they feel like they were just conditioned you know to Mm -hmm. believe whatever it is and now they're left in the spot of they're deconstructing their faith walking away from christ or walking away from the church um and we're losing a lot of people Mm-hmm. when I don't think we would have to lose a majority of them um, because a lot of them don't come back ever either. Yeah. Um, and so the church, I think, has a responsibility. Yeah. And we are not doing the best we could mm-hmm. <laughs> at at it. Um, so from your kind of point of view, what would you say the church's response has been to yeah. deconstruction? I think the nuance of deconstruction and the church's response to it is most in most cases that I've seen and, and followed. And a lot of this comes from um, books and Twitter and just people mm-hmm. kind of, cause there's kind of, especially on Twitter, there's kind of an ex evangelical community mm-hmm. or deconstructing community um, of people who have kind of stopped identifying as an evangelical Christian and mm-hmm. stopped going to church. And um, the thing that, is most times what starts that deconstruction is uh, trauma or mm-hmm. hurt or abuse that happened in the context of church or by people that were identified with the church or by people that you went to church with or you know like mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of the tricky part is most of the time what people what triggers that like more aggressive emotional deconstruction and Mm -hmm. less critical is because it's based in trauma or it's based in abuse or it's based in 
you know, scandal. There's been so many scandals just in the last few years mm-hmm. of high-profile leaders um, having moral failures and, mm-hmm. and then all of this stuff coming out that all these things were covered up. And, all, you know, like that is really what's driving a lot of it. So I think that's what's hard even analyzing the church's response is like a lot of the time the church is the culprit or people mm-hmm. that identify with the church are kind of the catalyst that made people start to question. Mm-hmm. And I think that's natural because people mess up and people screw yeah. up. So if like, if there's anything about Christianity that's going to fail, it's going to be the people of the church mm-hmm. because you know, God's never going to fail. <laughs> yeah. So I think that, makes it a little more difficult but i feel like the church's response is that of any of us when something happens and we hurt someone mm-hmm. or we hurt someone's feelings or we do something that um isn't kind like i think our automatic response most people i know especially myself is uh defensive mm-hmm. and you you know, you victim blame, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like, that's a big term, but like it happens in my relationship with my wife or anything else. Like if I immediately, if I find out I did something wrong, I try to find a way to justify it Mm -hmm. and I try to find a way to blame someone else or I try to find a way to make it not a big deal. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are like my first three responses when I mess up or when I hurt someone. So it's natural I think those are human responses. And so it's natural that that's the church's response to deconstruction Mm because most of deconstruction is people going, hey, the church did me dirty. Like something went wrong. I was mistreated. This happened. It was covered up. This happened. No one addressed it. This happened. It really hurt me. Yeah. And so the church, because it's made of people, have a very people response, which is uh, I have an excuse as to why I did that. Uh, mm-hmm. you're not, you're wrong. It wasn't that bad or it's your fault that that happened. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. And so I think that's the natural response mm-hmm. to deconstruction, especially the high emotional, um, not accusatory cause it's not that, that word has the wrong connotation, but kind of, um, enlightening when people go, Hey, this happened to me. And the church goes, no, it didn't, or Mm. it's not a big deal, or you're just being a baby, or Mm -hmm. it happens to everybody. Like dismissing people who Mm -hmm. come with problems, I think is the hard response. And I think um, just naturally the church that I've grown up in, which is several different denominations, several Mm -hmm. different areas, we don't like questions. We don't like doubt. We don't like... um, gray areas we like to know all the answers and we like to have all the answers and if you question our answers then you're wrong Mm -hmm. and so i think those both kind of play into the church's response to deconstruction because one a lot of the time we're at fault and so we're trying to protect ourselves and two a lot of times the questions that people ask or the questions that we ask really complicate things Mm -hmm. and no one wants a complicated life. No one wants to do hard things or like everyone, everything you do in your life is trying to make it easier. That's why we both picked telekinesis because telepathy would make our lives harder. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Telekinesis makes it way easier. So like even just in that kind of silly question, like we both were like, well, what's going to make my life easier? What's going to make it simpler? Mm -hmm. Well, asking questions makes your life a lot harder and looking at your own guilt or your own role that you played in someone else's trauma or abuse also makes yourself and makes your life a lot more complicated. So if we just avoid it, then things can stay simple and they can stay clean and they can stay nice and they can stay pretty and safe Mm -hmm. and beautiful and great. And so I think in general, that's why the church wants to respond like that because it's natural. It's how, it's how humans respond to anything, anything that questions their core values you want to dismiss because it could really complicate your life if all of a sudden something that you've banked on your whole life may not be true or you don't Mm -hmm. know if it's true or it may not be exactly how you thought that can really send your whole world into a a tailspin and then if you're being accused of doing something wrong to hurt someone you're automatically going to try to not be at fault Mm -hmm. so I think that's the long everything I do is a long answer but that's the long answer to like what I feel like the church's response has been Really, I'd say the last 10 to 12 years is when I've been actively like Mm -hmm. a grown adult in ministry and in church to see that. So I think that's kind of a 
what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. I think what what's tough is like the church doesn't know what's happened your whole life. Right. Like this person that mm-hmm. whatever happens, like this could have been something that happened other times years before and you don't know. And then we think it's not a big deal as the church when no, this has been something like it didn't just happen here. It happened like at the last church and nothing happened too. And so it's almost like we don't have the full context. And so Mm -hmm. we think that it, like you said, we played off as not as big a deal sometimes as it is. Um, And I think the, the church, the problem, like how we've responded is that we like haven't Mm -hmm. responded (laughs) kind of like the lack of response, the lack of, talking about it the lack of like having the space for it because i think everybody who is like in the process of deconstructing or or think that's where they're about to go is like they automatically stop going to church they Mm -hmm. leave the church and so i think like we don't have the response almost sometimes it's like they just automatically think if they deconstruct they have to leave the church Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's necessarily true i think there can be deconstruction while still going being involved in church and Mm -hmm. i think I understand why they do like they need to get away from it and i think that's okay too for a time to to get away from it but i think majority of times whenever you say like oh i'm gonna take a break like you don't know how long it is and then you end up never coming back yeah. and that's a problem but i think if we can make it to where people can still be involved in church but still have deconstruction of like old things like mm-hmm. that's okay but i don't think the church we haven't made a space and you've said this before when we were talking about this um is that like the church doesn't have a space for deconstruction basically Mm -hmm. like we haven't it's almost like a sinful word yeah to the church like we don't like that like oh deconstruction that means they're not a christian anymore Mm -hmm. and when that's sometimes is the case it's not always the case i think there's lots of people that the church could help tremendously through the deconstruction and they wouldn't renounce jesus or renounce the faith or whatever um and so i think um with man there's so much going on with like with hillsong obviously mm-hmm. lots of people know what's going on with that just the kind of mega church or whatever with that happening then i think there's even more of a negative view of like big churches or yeah. just the church in general because oh that big church now what what are all these other churches hiding what are all these other yeah. churches doing um and that's not going to be good for people who are like if they're already deconstructing like that's just going to send them over the edge <laughs> i yeah. feel like um i th- i think uh churches covering up sins should kind of send us over the edge yeah definitely like, <laughs> yeah it's not good. as followers <laughs> of jesus if that doesn't bother us if we're not like it was a problem that mm-hmm. they covered up sin and abuse and inappropriate behavior mm-hmm. and harassment like if we're going well, they had to protect his anointing. Like mm. things like that that you hear in church, you're just like, I do want to burn this whole thing to the ground. <laughs> like, yeah. please, let me light the match yeah. because that is not what Jesus would do. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that is not like Jesus was there for the victims and for those who yeah. weren't in power. And that's like, I think that that's super justified. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so hard because the church, again, it's that idea of like not wanting to admit they're wrong. So mm-hmm you hear it all the time is like we handled it internally and you're like uh no that's a crime yeah like (laughs) it's like we took care of it yeah it's like the things that happened and the things that are coming out from like hillsong and stuff you're like no i think that's a crime Mm -hmm. which is where the police come in and where jail comes like this isn't like i don't know it's just like this isn't like an internal yeah like the church like doesn't get to take care of the the crimes like i think if there's problems like if two people have an argument like okay yeah Yeah. take care of that internally the whole world doesn't need to know but when somebody is when there is a like it's illegal like that doesn't mean yeah oh we'll take care of it ourselves i think that's because the problem is defensive yeah it's just code of like well we'll cover this up so that it doesn't mess up what we've built or Mm -hmm. it doesn't mess up what we're trying to accomplish Mm -hmm. and then they do it and they're like but the sake of the gospel and they like frame all of that so Mm -hmm. like if, if that's how you're hearing it as someone who's been a victim of that abuse and then they tell you that it's okay that you were abused because it was for the gospel or mm, something yeah. if that's how you hear it then all of a sudden why would you follow that jesus yeah. that they're portraying mm. and it's like it's not the person deconstructing that's an abuse victim it's not their fault that 
they walked away from Jesus. It's like yeah. we portrayed a Jesus and told them that there was a Jesus that didn't care about their abuse, that didn't care about mm-hmm. their hurt and wasn't going to hold anyone accountable for yeah. it. And so what do you expect them to do? Mm-hmm. Like you want them to just stick around and be like, okay, this is a, this is a great place. Yeah. This is exactly <laughs> what I want to do with my life. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of churches probably have what Hillsong is going on that haven't been light hasn't been shed on that mm-hmm. um and that's a big reason why people leave is like you said trauma hurt mm-hmm. but then also seeing others go through trauma and hurt oh, yeah. and they're like oh like if that's happening to them then this my church must be doing something too or like mm-hmm. they like if they're if that church isn't good and yeah. they're preaching jesus and this church is preaching jesus then this isn't good either and so yeah. i think there's some responsibility that falls on both but i i think we have the bigger responsibility because we're the church. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody s- comes and says like, Hey, this is happening. Like we might need to actually listen yeah. and like do something. We can't just ignore things. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's a big thing of our responses. We've, we've ignored yeah. too many things. Um, yeah. And I think there's, there's this quote um, that I I saw a while ago and then I, it resurfaced. Um, and I think it kind of applies to how we should respond as a church is that like, if people hate you because of Jesus, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like if people hate me because of, of Jesus, like if they're, that's fine. Like you can hate me if you, whatever. But if people hate Jesus because of me, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, Because then that means I'm portraying the wrong Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I think that goes with the churches too. If they, if they hate Jesus because of the church, the church's response that, it's not good then (laughs) like what the church is doing then something must we need to do something about it but if they hate um the church because of jesus yeah that's good i mean we're that means that they're running from jesus Mm -hmm. i mean like they're running from the truth but yeah so we got to be careful not we don't want to lead people to hate jesus because of the way we act yeah Um, and i think sometimes that's gonna happen because we're sinful (laughs) yeah and um hopefully there can be grace but i think overall like we need to be able to have a space yeah. for these people that have been hurt or have problems with what's going on or have questions. Yeah. Um, we talked about doubt earlier on the yeah. podcast and that kind of goes into like doubt is something that's not seen as like welcoming, obviously mm-hmm. like people don't want to have doubt. They feel mm-hmm. like their, their faith isn't real if they have doubt and the same thing here, if they mm-hmm. get hurt or if there's a problem, like they don't feel like it's safe to, like talk about it because yeah oh this church is covering it up or this church doesn't want to hear it or i always get dismissed whenever yeah. i have that question or problem and it's yeah. just a just like doubt is deconstruction is kind of like a i feel like when churches hear this word they like they're yeah. cringing and they're yeah like, oh, no, that's it's terrible. like you <laughs> automatically get all tense yeah. and defensive and for sure and so man we talking a lot about what how we respond how the church responds um and there's probably a lot more we could talk about with that there's many more ways i mean we could talk about nothing talking about this for a Mm -hmm. long time you know um but what could the church do to respond better to deconstruction what could we do so that people who deconstruct don't ultimately leave the faith leave jesus and now are are lost i think um kind of what this podcast's about what faith young adults is about is that idea of belonging Mm -hmm. no matter what um and i think kind of what we've touched on i think there's more i know there's always more Mm -hmm. um but the two main prongs that we've kind of talked about of deconstruction is one is those who have experienced abuse and trauma and the second is those that have questions Mm -hmm. about theology about church about governance about you know mm-hmm. all sorts like, of why do we do this why do we do that? why do we do it that way yeah. what is why does the bible say this is this what the bible really means when it says that so there's kind of those two veins mm-hmm. that exist and so i think to deal with one is really easy and it's expose sin mm-hmm. expose abuse expose trauma expose abusers expose harassers expose those who are abusive like that part should be really easy. Mm-hmm. Like well, all we have to do is like believe victims yeah. and expose abusers. Mm-hmm. Like, and that would take care of a lot of problems in the church. It would actually create a lot of problems. I think first, yeah. I think it would 
make everything blow up. Yeah. But I like I like that idea of cl- like yeah. that idea of exposing. I think if we just did that, if we believe people that said mm-hmm. that they were hurt, and I and I don't mean like um, hurt, just like oh, someone didn't person, talk yeah. to me, yeah. like someone didn't meet with me when I wanted mm-hmm. to meet with them, but like actually like victims of verbal physical mm-hmm. emotional sexual abuse or mm-hmm. something like that like we believe those people we actually do the right thing and we expose it and deal with it in the open then i think that would take care of that side of things and then for those that are asking questions this is the harder part is having spaces where we don't have to give an answer like you don't have to have an answer to every question mm-hmm. people have you know i'm not sure let's talk about it yeah. like i don't know let's talk about it i don't know let's look into it mm-hmm. like and so often we want to have like cut and dry black and white answers for people yeah and it's like that roundabout logic of like i don't know if i believe that the bible the bible that says this like i don't know if i believe in the bible and you're like mm-hmm. well the bible says this it's like does that work is that <laughs> like yeah they're saying they don't it's believe like, that as a whole it's yeah. like i don't really believe that the easter bunny like brings eggs and mm-hmm. drops it off it's like but the easter bunny says that he does it so yeah. how do you not believe him and it's <laughs> yeah. like the whole point is i don't believe in it yeah and it's like i think if we can find a space and this is way harder is finding a space where people can mm-hmm. have questions that yeah. don't have to get answered where there can be gray areas where different theologies can mm-hmm. coexist in the same church our church has a lot of that and i really like that that you don't have to believe every single detail of every single theological idea to belong Mm -hmm. here and so i think that is hard to come by in a lot of places of just like being able to ask those questions not being demonized for it not just giving an answer flippantly but Mm -hmm. actually listening to someone's questions listening to their thoughts and their experiences and sharing your thoughts and experiences with them in a way that it's a conversation it's not like a question and answer Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of churches, especially with how there's denominations and everything, mm-hmm. like a certain denomination, they're very, that church is very strong in their beliefs. And it's like, if you come to this church, you have to believe this too. And it's something that is not clear mm-hmm. in the Bible. Like it's something they are yeah. kind of interpreting that could be interpreted another way. Like yeah. it's not like end all be all of like your right. salvation. It's And so they're, but they're making it like that. Yeah. And so I think a lot of churches like that is where people are like, oh, if I don't believe this, then I can't go here. And then they don't go to church or whatever because yeah. they can't find one that's like, no, it's okay if you, I don't know, think yeah. like, I don't know, whatever it is, whatever the topic is, is like, it's okay if you think differently on this. Like this isn't, Yeah. this doesn't like matter. Like this won't me- mean you're not saved or not mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think we put too much of a emphasis on some things that ultimately are left up to debate kind of yeah um because there's one thing that all churches i think should believe in is that jesus christ died on the cross rose again three days later so we could have a relationship with god yeah like that's the main thing that yeah that matters and i think there's other things that that play into that that obviously mm-hmm. like there's one god three persons like mm-hmm. there's some things that no question but then there's yeah. stuff like there's alcohol there's um language like however you talk some people yeah. think some way like some cuss words are okay some people think some cuss words are absolutely terrible or yeah. e- even like like suck like i don't like some yeah. people think that that would yeah. be terrible to say but others don't um and so i think the church we with the separate denominations is what doesn't help is because everybody has their own way yeah kind of which isn't good i think we should yeah. all it would be better if we could all be yeah. <laughs> in agreement. And, it, and, it, and I think it'd be easier. Even one of the things you said is like the idea of the Trinity, like God mm-hmm. being three in one and all of that. Like, I think if there was a little bit more like ability to discuss that mm-hmm. as opposed to just like, this is how it goes. It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like, you're really going to tell me you've got that figured out. Yeah. Like, Which it, we it, don't. It, <laughs> exactly. But people want to be like, this is right. And if mm-hmm. you don't believe exactly this, you're a heretic. Yeah. You don't you're like, like you don't have a relationship with Jesus. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, which, which Jesus is that the Jesus, the son? And like, yeah. <laughs> like then you can just like get them real riled up. Mm-hmm. If you start asking those kind of, and like, I'm like, why can't someone question even those things and talk about them mm-hmm. and not go like, I mean, there's, there's definitely consequences in faith. Consequences is a strong word, but if you don't believe Jesus is the son of God, mm-hmm. then that makes his sacrifice on the cross and resurrection way different. If you believe Jesus didn't really die on the cross and he just went into a coma and Mm -hmm. then 
woke up three days later. That changes a lot of what it means. Yeah. But why can't we discuss that? Mm -hmm. Like, why can't we talk about what that would mean? Like, Mm -hmm. what are the, what are the consequences? Uh, Again, I don't, I can't think of a better word, Mm -hmm. but if Jesus didn't really die and just went into a coma and then woke up three days later, what are the consequences to what we believe in salvation to that repercussion? Yeah. Repercussion. Yes. That's a way better (laughs) word. So what, what is that? Then, then let's just talk about that. And then you either get to a place where you're like, I don't think that's true or I'm comfortable with that being Mm -hmm. an option. Like, but let's talk about it and not just shut you down because you don't understand it because Mm -hmm. we try to pretend like we understand God so well Mm -hmm. and we try to understand, pretend like we understand the Bible so perfectly and Mm -hmm. have it all figured out. But in reality, we all just want to understand it better. We all Mm want to understand God more. We want to get a better understanding of who he is. Why in the world should I believe that the person who created all of, the universe loved me enough that mm-hmm. he wants to have a relationship with me when there's 7 billion other people on this earth that he also wants a relationship with. How's that even work? Like mm-hmm. it's not simple. Yeah. And so it's like, why do we try to make it so simple and so cut and dry when I think we need to leave space to talk about it and mm-hmm. to try to figure it out. And I think it, I think it honors God when we really dig into it and we really like, question it in a way that we want to learn not question in a way that we want to convince someone of our idea Mm -hmm. and change someone's mind but why can't we just like talk about stuff and understand people more and hopefully at the end of it understand god more and that's kind of where i think that tension could lie in the Mm -hmm. church is if if we really cared about understanding each other and having an openness to understand god differently or more or better um i feel like that could create space where people could feel like they belong mm-hmm. yeah, more for sure. I think too often as a church, we, like you said, shut, shut them down. Like we just shun them of like, if they have a question, if they have a problem. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, Nope. Yeah. And then they leave. <laughs> yeah. But if we can create the area and it's like, not like if it's a Sunday morning and pastors preaching, like, obviously like you don't like stand up and like, we need to have this conversation right now. What you're yeah. saying, I don't believe it. Like, obviously there's times, yeah. but like if somebody comes up to you and it's like, hey, I really have this question. Like, I don't know if I believe this. It's like, well, this is true. So yeah. you just, I mean, if you don't believe that, you got a problem. And yeah. I mean, I think that's just, that's not what Jesus did. Like, I no. think the heart of Jesus was to, he wanted people to understand the kingdom of God. Yeah. He wanted people to understand what he came there for. Yeah. And he's not going to just shove the ideas down your throat like that's not mm-hmm. love and so i think ultimately what can the church do to respond better we can be more like jesus yeah which is sitting with the sinners yeah. sitting with the people that have the questions sitting yeah. with the people that have been hurt and want to leave the people that yeah. don't like the church the people that have want to have conversations mm-hmm. like we need to be able to have the open heart and really the humility mm-hmm. to have the conversations. Like, even if we strongly believe one thing, like, yeah. okay, but still have the conversation without, like, the um, kind of the, you you know where you're going with conversation. Yeah, or, like, like don't, goal. an agenda. Like, don't yeah. have, like, you can have your belief or whatever, but don't steer the conversation to be like, I got to convince this person to believe mm-hmm. it. Like, just listen, have yeah. the conversation without, like, a specific agenda of like if they don't end up if they don't leave this conversation believing what i believe it's a loss like that's not the case like you can have a conversation maybe not come to an end be like we need to come back and continue this conversation but i think what we're both saying is just there needs to be a more safe space for people so that they don't automatically think they have to leave when there's a problem or leave when they have questions or Mm -hmm. feel shame if they don't believe one thing like we do or if I would never want somebody that has like serious hurt or trauma from the church or a serious problem to feel like they can't come to somebody. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the case is that they feel like they can't come to yeah. the leadership. They can't mm-hmm. come to people because they think it's just going to get shut down or they're not going to be believed or it's whatever. And so I think we need to do a better job at believing. And and, yeah. and like you said, you mentioned it earlier, it's not like, Oh, somebody didn't talk to me or like, I feel like nobody sees me. Like, there's some things that are trivial of, like, mm-hmm. no, like, no. But when it's serious, like, like you said, abuse and verbal abuse, like, if it's something, like, we need to take that seriously. Like, it yeah. can't be something that you just be like, ah, you're wrong. But yeah. when it's like, so-and-so said this about me, and it's like, okay, let's, I mean, 
okay, let's talk to him. What it, what was really said? And it's something yeah. that's like, they didn't like my hair. Like, I think there's some people that yeah. just take things and run with them and try mm-hmm. and make something bigger than it is, um, which causes, I think, churches to like, that's why they make the excuse of like, well, some people are liars and some people are just trying yeah. to stir up whatever. I'm like, well, better safe than sorry, because or else you're going to end up on the yeah. news because something really did go down, but you decide to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I think we need to believe people and we need to be more like Jesus was and welcome conversation yeah. and welcome people who don't have it together and mm-hmm. they might have past hurt or they may have hated the church and maybe they're like you never know what somebody's coming in the church with yeah like what if they were at a church and something terrible really happened like just mm-hmm. absolutely horrible and they decided to leave that church took months of just like not going and they're like i'm gonna try and go to this other church and they walk in and maybe they have a question and you shut them down yeah what's that gonna do that's i mean they just came back to church for the first time and you didn't even know and then now they're probably never coming back and yeah. they're never gonna have a faith again yeah. <laughs> and so i think we need to um know that we don't know everything about that person obviously yeah and be be welcoming yeah you belong yeah. like i think exactly. if i think that's obviously our motto as a as a young adult ministry but i think every church should embody that that's yeah. what jesus embodied was yeah. belonging into the kingdom and yeah. so i think we need to be humble <laughs> and yeah. not think that oh the church is always right yeah because a lot of times it's wrong because it's people are in leadership like yeah. we said earlier in the podcast we're imperfect people yeah <laughs> so yeah it's there uh, we could talk about this for for hours and yeah. there's lots of other topics within deconstruction we could talk about but yeah. um we're running out of time so pastor austin what would uh time for some final thoughts like yeah. what's what's something that you want to leave leave the listeners with yeah, I think I think it's the idea of caring about people more than your beliefs, caring about people more than answers, caring about people more than questions, caring about people more than theology, caring about people more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like caring about people more than anything. And I think if you do that, you'll believe people. I think you'll look to um, expose things that are wrong. I think you'll want to protect the vulnerable. I think you'll want to care for those that are um, hurt. I think your response won't be judgment if you actually care about people more. And I think if you care about people, you'll be willing to sit in the conversations. You'll be willing to sit in the uncertainty. You'll be willing to have the conversations that don't have answers. You'll be willing Mm. to listen to someone to understand them, to care about them, as opposed to convert them or convince them. Because it's just as easy to convince someone of the opposite of what you believe. If they can be convinced into believing what you believe, they can be convinced to not believe what you believe. Mm -hmm. So if we're actually just doing everything we can for the betterment of others and for others to hopefully have a connection with Jesus and to have a relationship with him and a, and a moment with him, then we're going to be doing everything we can to protect those that are vulnerable, to expose those that are abusive, to listen to questions that people have so that they can process things. And I believe that the answer to all questions, I believe they can lead us to Jesus if we're mm-hmm. willing to walk through them. I, I believe that God cares so much about people and he is so good that if we're willing to sit in those conversations where there's uncertainty i believe even in the midst of uncertainty that god will step in and make himself known to people Mm -hmm. and to us and and reveal himself to us in a new way and in a loving way and in a way that makes people know that they belong even when they don't have it figured out because i think that's his heart Mm -hmm. and i think if we're faithful to create spaces where people can be safe and create spaces where people can navigate things that aren't simple and that are complicated and difficult that gives God the opportunity to show up Mm -hmm. where if we just shut people down and turn them away and and call them names and give them titles and and tell them that they're this or tell them that they're that that's when 
everything gets closed and everything gets defensive and tightened and, and blocked off. And then it's not as easy for God to show up in those moments because we're saying, God, you're not welcome. Those people are going, well, if that's the God you serve, he's not welcome for me either. Mm. And all of a sudden, God's not going to force anything. Yeah. But if we can be open and they can be open and we can create those spaces, I think that gives room for God to move and do what only he can do. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think um, last thing I want to say is the people that, that are deconstructing or the mm-hmm. people that feel like they want to or need to, the people that have been hurt, or the people that have questions and problems with whatever, like don't let how the church runs or how church leadership runs allow you to hate Jesus because we are imperfect. And so I think you can't have a standard of perfection because I think some people might make excuses of like, oh, they messed up. Well, that means Jesus isn't real. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's, that's not the case. Now I do, we've talked about it this whole podcast there are real problems and real issues. And so I don't want to discredit that, Mm -hmm. but I just want to figure out Jesus for yourself. Don't allow somebody else to impact your like salvation. Mm -hmm. Like I think even if you still have a problem question, still get hurt. Like that doesn't mean that your relationship with God is just gone or Mm -hmm. like, it's just invalid. I think, like don't leave too quickly I guess is what I'm saying and don't give up too soon don't just make up reasons to leave um and have some grace for the church but also be okay like be confident enough have courage to like come forward with questions with like challenge like Mm -hmm. don't just sit back and and like take abuse don't sit back and let some big problem get bigger and whatever like yeah. have the courage to ask the question have the courage to speak up and i hope that whoever you are talking to that they will listen and that something will be done because yeah. i think that's what jesus would want us to do but for those of you that have been hurt i'm sorry for those yeah. of you people that feel like you have to deconstruct your faith like i'm sorry for whatever happened that made you feel like you got to go through this um there's a space for you in the kingdom of God, there's a space for you in church, yeah. um, no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter what, where you're from, whatever yeah. we say yeah. it all the time, no matter what, um, no matter what's happened to you, like you can still belong. Um, there's a place for you. Jesus has a seat at the table for you. Yeah. Um, no matter what is the issue. Um, yeah. I think that's kind of the main thing I want people to know is like, don't feel like you have to completely leave everything because of some problem like work through it in your own way maybe work through it with a couple people a mentor or something like get somebody in your life that can help you through it like don't Mm -hmm. just isolate yourself and then leave um because that's just not going to be not going to be good for you yeah not going to be good but uh that's all the time we have for today pastor austin thank you so much for being on the podcast of course i think you had a lot to a lot of wisdom to offer um and a lot of i think good perspective that people need to hear um but anything anything you want to say no thanks perfect i hope i get to come back sometime even if it's just audio (laughs) (laughs) i think you will uh thank you guys so much for listening for watching if you're watching on youtube um but thank you for listening on spotify or apple um see you guys next week on next episode of the podcast peace out